Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, Risky Business, Mormon Apologetics. I have some wonderful guests on tonight's show to tell you a remarkable story about Mormon apologetics going on today, how risky it is for them to be apologists for the church and what they do in order to ensure that it remains okay to do Mormon apologetics, even though it's risky and not have any potential problems with other people who are not Mormon apologists attending Mormon apologetic events. I'm talking about Book of Mormon Central. I'm talking about Elder Razband, and I'm especially talking about Rebecca Biblioteca and Landon Brophy. Here's Landon. Here's Rebecca. How are you doing this morning? Good. Good. We are fabulous. It is the morning of September 16th, 2023. In just a few days, the old calendar is going to roll around to September 21st of 2023, which will not only be inaugurating the holiday season and the season of autumn, but something else very important is going to be happening that night. Yes, it will be the 200th anniversary of the night when an angel of God either did or did not appear to Joseph Smith for the first time in his bedroom and tell him all about the Book of Mormon plates that were hidden in a hill not far from his home. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. And and some people even call that day Moroni Day. Moroni Day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll add that up there with Smithmas. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's a bank holiday, though, Unfortunately, I, it might I be, bet Utah might work on long. it. Yeah, Utah might be. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest bank holiday and the holiday of the biggest bank. That, but why is this important? Oh, first off, before we even start with the story, okay, Rebecca, Landon, I know that you both do wonderful work on your podcast, Landon. I think your podcasts, Rebecca. So can you tell us about that? Start with Rebecca. About our podcast? Yes, sure, please. I can talk about plug that. Time. Yeah. Make the most this of it. This is plug time. I know. I always forget we're supposed to do that. I'm such a novice. So, well, Landon and I are involved in two projects. We have The Good Book Club, which is a virtual national reading group for post and nuanced Mormons, where now that we know what we don't believe, we try to figure out what we do believe by reading. And that's really fun. You can find us on, you know, wherever you find us. Um, and then we also have Mormonish podcast with the tagline of living a joyful life on the other side of Mormonism. And we just delve into to all kinds of issues and situations and scholarship. And we have a lot of fun and really fun guests like RFM himself, right? <laughs> he seems confused as to when he's He ever seems confused. <laughs> yeah. Have I ever been on your show? I don't think so. Yeah. He's denying everything. Of course. Deniable so plausibility. Yes. Yeah. Of course I've been on your show. And yes, I was just he, muted. Okay, that is so. hilarious. That look on okay. your face. I would never go on your no. <laughs> it's part of my shtick. Marvel it is, it is. and muting myself accidentally. And muting yourself. It's all part of it. And that's why we're here okay. to experience the shtick. So yes. And RFM is a huge supporter of Mormonish. He actually gives us lots of really good advice behind the scenes and everything, as he does to a lot of podcasters. So we appreciate him so much. It's early in the morning, but I did just remember coming on your show, so I'm very happy to, to say that. It was quite it's a memorable the experience. It's 132 <laughs> and the Nauvoo Expositor. That's right. right. We made your we made your slides. Yeah. He he also did our Christmas card for us. Uh, the voice. That's of right. He read our poem. That was oh, a right, long time right, ago. Right. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. We're right, like so this. You... you may not know it. <laughs> yeah, we're like this. I'm the, I'm the one over here. <laughs> so. 
Okay. Have you pl have you plugged enough? Do you wish to plug some more? That's it. We're fine. We're fine. So I'm doing the video thing, right? This is my third video attempt. Now Build Real has gotten me an overlay or a brand or whatever it is you call a template for the screen. And he's got this nice logo for RFM. And below it, it says RFM, RadioFreeMormon.org. And the problem is going to be, I'm just going to let the audience know this in advance, that once I throw all three of us on one side, which will happen as soon as I put some slides up, and hopefully that's going to work. Never done that before. Somebody is going to have to be behind the big square RFM. <laughs> Take that how you like it. I'm talking about, right now, I'm talking about the big square that's on the bottom left of the screen as we look at it. So tell us about the story, because I know there's a big event that's coming up on September 21st. This 200th anniversary will not pass unnoticed by the LDS Church, and specifically by the good people at Book of Mormon Central. This is true. So this is kind of a little adventure that happened um, to Mormonish over the summer. And I will also say that Book of Mormon Central is trying to rebrand as Scripture Central. So you can use it interchangeably, but most people still call it Book of Mormon Central, but I think they're trying to be more universal and go by Scripture Central now. So kind of use those words interchangeably. But um, back in June, I saw a post, I think it was on one of the post-Mormon Reddit sites, where somebody had come across um, a hard copy invitation sitting on the counter of their, uh, their parents' home. And we can even pull up the first slide. It was an in, see, there I go. Look, I'm behind the, <laughs> what if I, Jump up and down. No. Oh, no, no, no. We can't it's have okay. RFM Look, behind the if logo. anybody should be the RFM square, it's RFM. Please yeah, but people continue. tune in to see you, not us. Okay. So we find this invitation. Um, we see this picture. And maybe Landon can go through what it says. But it, it kind of struck us as a little strange. Hmm. Yeah. The, Landon, what do you think? Yeah, this is the, the invitation that what caught our attention was, it says, we are thrilled to have Elder Rasband speak to us along with uh, these great artists. And then they, they list a couple artists. One of them is uh, Elder Oaks's daughter. Um, Jenny Oaks Baker. She has a violin in her hand. Yes, she's evidently uh, quite an accomplished musician. Um, and so, uh, but what really caught our attention was what we highlighted there in yellow, $250 per plate for Scripture Central, a 501c3 nonprofit. Well, you have to pay to listen to the words of a prophet's voice. Well, that's what we thought was Those don't come cheap, man. Yeah, th yeah, that, that, it, well, it it's just good advice. Appeared strange. <laughs> it appeared strange to us, that's all. And so we do what we always do. We thought, we're going to find out more. <laughs> yeah, so. So let's go yeah, to the we, next slide. We dug into it, and if you look at the next slide. Um, and I will try and look at the next slide. There we go. Okay. There you go. We scanned the barcode that you saw there, and it took us to another site with some additional information. And again, this is all back in June that we're, that we're experiencing this. So what does this say, Landon? Yeah, well, you'll notice that the first thing it says there is change this. Um, so yeah. <laughs> clearly something was posted that wasn't. Okay, what, what is this now? This is uh, on the, when you when you scan the barcode that's on the invitation, this is where it takes you. Okay. Uh, right. With more information. This well, I just, the, when it's the first part, it starts with parentheses, change this. In all caps, in parentheses. Is that what you added or is that what's on the no, actual? No, that's what was there. And that that's why we feel like when we scanned the barcode, it took us to a site that was still kind of under construction, um, maybe not finished. This is exactly what anybody scanning that barcode on the hard copy um, invitation would have gone to. 
Okay, and, it says Moroni Day, 200th anniversary of his first visit to Joseph Smith. Correct. Then change this. And what does it say in that yellow highlighted part, Landon? So this is a special fundraising dinner to support Book of Mormon Central. Every dollar donated is a sacred trust helping build enduring faith in Jesus Christ. And that goes on. Every but the dollar is sacred. That could be like the new motto of the LDS church. It's like the Catholic church. Every sperm is sacred. That's right. Oh, I love but that. In the song, LDS church. Like oh, no. We have superseded sperm with dollars. Every dollar donated is a sacred trust. Helping build enduring uh, faith in Jesus Christ by making the scriptures accessible, comprehensible, and defensible. Sounds like, uh, who is that attorney for Kramer? Oh, um, Jack Child. Childs? Jack yes. Childs. Yeah. Making the <laughs> making, what's it, making the scriptures accessible, comprehensible, that's and right. defensible. Defensible. To people everywhere. That's, it. that's <laughs> okay, right. Go ahead. I'm running away with things. I'm sorry. So no, it's okay. And so we we didn't just take this at face value. We also called the number that was on the invitation because they just kept saying fundraiser. And of course, we were like that. That just seems very strange to have an apostle that is speaking for a fundraiser because I know they try very hard to distance themselves from any you know appearance of supporting one organization over another. So we called and they did tell us. You know, yes, this is a fundraiser, but again, there may be some question. Central? Yeah, and I know you yeah, have a or whoever point we spoke to that you talked with, whose name you don't want to release. Right, and I don't think this was that person yet. It was just somebody there that you know they were very, very nice. They're so nice over there, you know, giving us more details. But we still thought this is very unusual. So let's let's go to our next slide. I think we've now, covered everything there, Rebecca. Before we go there, why do you think this is unusual? Um, because as I. No, because as I just said, I, I feel that church leadership tries to make a very clear distinction. They do not support one thing over another overtly. Now, of course, a lot of us feel there is support behind the scenes for a lot of things. But this is the first time I think I'd seen it right out in the open. Want to hear an apostle? Come here and pay some money. I mean, it just seemed very different than anything I had seen before. D did you feel that way, Landon? Is that kind of your oh, take? Oh, yeah, on that's, it? that's absolutely why we, you know, if this had just said he was coming to speak and uh, at their Moroni day, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have raised any flags. Right. What raised the flags was it was $250 a plate. And then right. the invitation when we followed it actually said it's a fundraiser, which, right. uh, you know, doesn't seem appropriate for, for an apostle. So, so that's why a second, because it looks pretty expensive. If we go down further in that, we have, uh, you can choose the main dish for each mm -hmm. attendee. Choices include filet mignon yes. with gratin potatoes, lemon asparagus, yes. and seats. You can choose. No, hang on. I'm sorry. I skipped a line. And crispy leeks. Yeah. Crispy leeks. You know, leeks aren't any good unless they're crispy. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. I always got to take a leak when I'm there. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Land it. <laughs> or you could get miso glazed salmon with horseradish whipped yeah. potatoes, baby carrots. Yeah. And, I mean, what they're yeah. doing is, uh, where is this taking place, by the way? It's um, in the Hyatt in Salt in Lake City. Yeah, yeah, at in the, the ballroom. In the ballroom. Okay. So they're going to yeah. pay for this thing to be, um, what would you call it when the, the, for the food for the food to be provided? Catering. A catering. Thank you, catering. Catered event. Yes. Yes, it's going to be a catered event. They've got to pay them a certain amount of money. Uh, and those sound like really, really great dishes. Of course, they always yeah. sound good when you read about them. Sometimes there's a difference between reading about them and having it put in front of you. Exactly. However, even so, $250 seems a tad high, even in these days of inflation. 
Right. I think usually when you when you see $250 or a price like that, your mind also says, oh, I'm donating to this organization. It's a fundraiser. I, I think that you just and kind that's of what they go were saying. there when it's, it's a that kind of expense. Right. So yeah, they, they kept the using that word. Hopefully down, maybe 50, 75 bucks each, possibly 100 bucks each when you factor in they got to pay for the venue. And um, have 150 bucks maybe left over from everybody who attends. And the important thing is to make sure that people will attend and they'll be willing to pay this uh, rather large amount, at least for me, $250 for a meal in a room where the draw is that you can hear an apostle speak. That's the big draw is the apostle. So it's very helpful to have a draw when you want people to pay $250 a plate. And at least at this point back in June, they're saying, hey, it's a special fundraiser. Correct. And we should point that out. Yeah, we should point that out. These slides that we're showing are what we grabbed back at the time. And then it was kind of an unfolding story. And as you'll see, things change. So if Mm -hmm. you were to look this up today, it would not look like this. But back in the day, this is what it was. So we were even more curious about what was happening. And if we can go to the next slide. Going to the next slide. I would like to make one point here, though. Um, as, As we looked at the site, we can't find this event uh, it's not on their main page anywhere. No. Now, there may be some link to it somewhere, but the way we got to it is someone posted this uh, hard copy invitation on Reddit mm-hmm. and we scanned the barcode. So right. it may be that this is a special invite for only select individuals. Exactly. But I called, I asked, I said I wanted to go and they told me, yeah, this is, it's going on this date and it's this much. And so I said, thank you. And, and hung up at that time. So it doesn't sound that select. <laughs> Not if they let me in. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think Landon's point is you can't just go online and, and find it. You have to kind of have an in, like we had a barcode and a phone number from a hard copy invitation. Now, mm-hmm. if you Google Moroni day, 2023, if you knew enough, then you would, you know, come up with that, but it's not like it's on their front page right there. So mm-hmm. then we, our curiosity was really piqued. Um, you know, we'd heard of Book of Mormon Central before, uh, Scripture Central, but then we kind of wanted to find out more about what is this organization, what is this organization that is having this dinner? So then we kind of dug into their website. And again, I'll say, like Landon just said, um, they do retooling on their site, like a lot of different sites. So if you go to their site today, it's not going to look exactly like the screen grabs that we took back in June. The information is similar. The intent is the same, but it's not going to be exact. But again, this is a story, our saga of what happened to us over the summer. So this is what we're seeing back in June when we're going, what the heck is this? So Landon, why don't you kind of explain how we dove into uh, Book of Mormon Central here? Yeah. So we wanted to find out a little bit more what Book of Mormon Central was. And this is their basically their mission statement. Uh, Scripture Central builds enduring faith in Jesus Christ by illuminating the Book of Mormon and other restoration scripture, making them more accessible defensible and comprehensible to people everywhere. So that seems like remember a, that phrase. Okay. Yeah, seems, right. seems like a noble cause, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's That's go like their the mission statement, I think. It's yeah. Jackie and Charles again, mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> and again, looking at their site late last night, I think they may have slightly retooled the exact wording of that mission statement. So for any viewers or listeners that want to go look at that, it's going to be a little different than what we experienced in June. So that's just kind of a disclaimer, but but the, the content is similar and the intent is the same. Right. The main thing is that you haven't been monkeying with these. So if someone went there now and found the wording a little bit differently, this is capturing 
the state of events on that yes. website as of the time you were having this experience back in June. Exactly. And I have to say, if I were a narcissist, Landon and I did do a little bit of a podcast about this. Perhaps they made some changes because of what we brought to light. I don't know. Interesting. I have no idea. I don't know either. So, okay. So what's our next? What's next? the next place? Landon, Look next slide. Yep, next slide. Um, Here we go. This just kind oh of gosh. goes over who they are and what they do. Um, uh, they they run a couple different sites. One's called Scripture Plus. Uh, uh, they have one called No Wives Archive, additional projects, marketing. Um, you say No Wives? No Wives. Yes. I, I don't the think it's that clear. It's hard for me to read it. <laughs> but the, their main thing is to uh, promote the Book of Mormon. And they do that. They have video engineers. They have web designers. They have web and mobile developers, graphic artists, social media, pub, media publishers. Uh, these guys are big. Uh, they actually are kind of a, a clearinghouse for the church. Uh, the church wants something out. Uh, they give it to these guys to put out, even though they say they're not affiliated with the church. Uh, they certainly are using uh, stuff from BYU. They claim to be kind of the farms. Uh, they, they All the farms material is stored here that you can go and get. Um, mm -hmm. And so they're kind of a clearinghouse for all things uh, Book of Mormon related. I feel like this is an organization that is set up to be what farms used to be before it got co-opted and renamed by the LDS church. And I think everybody knows the story, but there used to be farms foundation for ancient research and Mormon studies. Excuse me. I'll put myself up here. I was going to yeah, say foundation for ancient research and Mormon <laughs> studies. And it was uh, founded in, I think 78 or 79 by Jack Welch. And I was very involved in this, at least as a, a consumer of uh, the, what they produced, which was a lot of reprints. The idea was to be a clearinghouse of information about the Book of Mormon and other things related to Mormonism. But that was the foundation for ancient research and Mormon studies. It goes on. It becomes somewhat successful. It gets co-opted, bought by the church, moved offices onto BYU campus, and renamed the Neil A. Maxwell Institute for Religious Studies, or NAMIRS. And that has had its own trajectory over the years but let's make it i think it's safe to say that what name years is doing now is not what farms was doing before okay so this looks to me like an attempt to get back to what farms was doing before but now under a different name being book of mormon central and i see jack welch's picture yep. there i think he's involved mm -hmm. in yes, this which is. would make sense yep he was one of the founders of book of mormon central all right next slide yeah, the next slide is their book, uh, is their vision statement. Uh, and this is, they, they claim Book of Mormon Central is a nonprofit public charity that helps people everywhere build enduring faith in Jesus Christ by making the Book of Mormon accessible, comprehensible. Let's all say it together, shall we? And accessible, yeah. comprehensible, comprehensible, and, and defensible. The most important one is defensible. I think they really like that expression. They're very proud of having come up with that. It shows up everywhere. They say, we're supported by people like you and appreciate all donations, large or small. If you love the Book of Mormon, consider donating to the Book of Mormon Central and becoming part of this exciting movement. Now, on the top there, they have their three pillars of work, scholarly and expert analysis, scriptural and teaching tools, and shareable and accessible content. We produce interesting, relatable, and easily shareable content for all major social media platforms more important than ever in a post-pandemic world. But one of the things we wanted to point out there, you see their reach, 68 million people, 298,000 uh, YouTube subscribers, 185,000 
Facebook subscribers. Uh, you go down, 82% of church members have access to BMC content in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Uh, so they're, they're big. I mean, you know, they're, they're big. They're the flooding the earth uh, here. Flooding so, the earth with the Book of Mormon. Where does that come Flooding from, the Rebecca? earth with content. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody's statement Benson. somewhere. Ezra Taft Benson. That's right. I think we have that on video. So, but no, they definitely, if you uh, Google things about the Book of Mormon, you'll see a lot of their content. You might not even realize it's from them because they have kind of these little, you know, scripture plus, they have these kind of subcategories, but they're definitely flooding SEO, flooding the earth with all kinds of content about the Book of Mormon. And, okay. and the reason they can do that is because uh, they are funded very, very, very well. Um, you look at the highlighted yellow there, your support. The BMC Keystone Endowment is a permanent $10 million fund being established by 2022 by a circle of generous donors. Very generous, I think. Yes, very generous uh, to allow BMC to expand our reach in perpetuity. Perpetuity. This is the same thing as the church that they can go on forever without any more uh, donations, although they'll continue to ask for them. Um, it says uh, contributions of $50,000 or more will invite Keystone donors into the legacy donor circle. Mm. And I don't know, maybe this maybe this uh, invitation went out only to legacy donor circle and we somehow fell into it, uh, certainly above our uh, ability to to participate <laughs> to attend dollars or to attend at two hundred fifty dollars a plate. So exactly. Uh, but that 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 just kind of goes to show you, um, you know, the size of this organization and and what they're attempting to do. Wow, right. and there's always a top tier. Oh yeah. Well, I was going to say that uh, for anybody who doesn't know that ten million dollars that endowment fund means that the ten million dollars does not get spent; yeah. it gets invested, and then. The Book of Mormon Central gets to use the investment proceeds from $10 million. And I would expect that $10 million invested wisely could yield quite a nice sum. Hopefully about a million a year if you've got a, you know, be 10%. Return. Let's just 10%. say 700000 Yeah, depends. Uh, we'll, we'll see here. That That's just on that, but we've actually got their financials here. Trying uh, to show what they <laughs> are. That's how we roll. <laughs> And again, this is all from back in June. So we're doing a yes. little bit of history here. Next slide. Very yep, relevant. Next slide. So the next slide is what is the relationship of Book of Mormon Central to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Uh, and this well, was in their 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 fact, right? This yep. was information they put out because that's probably a question. We had the question. I'm sure other people have the question. They're looking through the site. There's all this content. And they're like, well, what is this? How is this connected to the church? So they want to make sure that they let us know. Can I disagree with you? They're yes, making this please. they're making this category in order to swear that there's no relationship between Book of <laughs> Mormon Central and the Church much. of Jesus Christ. Remember, the church sends out <laughs> it sent out to Bill Real a number of years ago a demand that he put a disclaimer on his website that oh. he has nothing to do, that he doesn't represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we discussed that on the phone. I told him it was a bunch of BS, that they had no power to make him do that. But on the other hand, he decided, well, look, I'd rather just put it up there than mess with a legal battle, a potential legal right. battle. And of course, this Correct. is what they count on. So he put it up in a rather satirical fashion. It's still on the, the page. It's down way low, and it's all put together in this massive, very small print. But um, so that's what I expect is they want to make it very clear whether they were asked to or whether they just already know there can be no 
no connection between Book of Mormon Central and the LDS Church. By the way, I haven't even read this. I'm I'm presuming that's what it says. Um, kind what does of, it say, Landon? Kind of, that's <laughs> what it says. <laughs> it says all BMC executives, board members, and employees are active, faithful, believing members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So you can trust us. Some of our volunteers are members of Community of Christ or Restoration Branch congregations. So you can't trust them. Not at all. <laughs> BMC receives oh, no funds. Wonderful for, people. BMC receives no funds directly from the church, only via the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints Foundation. <laughs> exactly. And so, in other words, not, we don't we don't receive it directly from them. They launder it through another organization another before organization. it gets to us. That's exactly what that's saying. And it, they are not controlled in any way by the church. Right. That's, of course, BS. A Forgive me. They're faithful Latter-day Saints. What that means is if the church tells them to do something, they're going to do that. If the church tells them to not do something, they're not going to do that, regardless of how that, uh, that message is communicated and through what people. Correct. And, and and you can even see the, the, the next the next line there, the semi-official church news. I guess church news is only semi-official. Yeah, uh, the, it's the Leahona that's official. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only semi-official man who semi -official. is writing this. They, they want to make sure that everybody understands that you can't trust the church news either. There could no. be things in there that are wrong. And we just want to make it really clear that it doesn't stand for the church. It's semi-official. All right. Interesting. Yep. Semi-official Church News ran an article about BMC in January 2016. Most of our readership are Latter-day Saints. Church departments have well, met no with No kidding. Us. Who else would they be? Well, we, we, It's Book we of Mormon Central, for crying out loud. <laughs> the critics may look at it as well. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what we did and got in trouble for. So we'll talk about that. But church departments have met with us to understand precisely what we are doing. So they're not overseen by the church, but uh, church departments have met they, with them to understand. They what know they're what they're up to. And, and those it's are the okay. people through whom the messages are directed by top leadership. Yeah, we just want to know right. what you're doing. We don't want to have any input into how it is you're doing it or any ideas about how you could do it differently. Right. Don't ask, don't tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not believing any of this so far. The church has begun licensing the LDS 2013 edition of the scriptures to outside entities, and BMC received the first such license. So they have a license to the scriptures. Um, Excuse me. Where was this again? This is on their website. The church has begun licensing the LDS. I, I actually meant in the paragraph because it's so small. Oh, oh, the church has begun licensing small. the LDS 2013 edition, licensing of the scriptures to outside enemies. No, entities. Entities. <laughs> and Book of Mormon Central received the first such license. What the heck? No, they're not really associated at all. So this is to show that there's no connection between the LDS Church and Book of Mormon Central, while at the same time showing there's a huge connection between Book of Mormon Central and the LDS Church. Absolutely. And then they tell you why they have the license. Uh, we republish these sacred texts with engaging enrichment materials such as art, music, explanatory notes, etc. in our Scripture Plus mobile app. We held our 2016 Moroni Day celebration in the Joseph Smith Building on Temple Square. The church has sent some of their experts to consult with us and help us improve certain technical skills. Well, you see, they have nothing to do with the church. There's no relationship between the church and Book of Mormon Central. 
That seems like a strange way to state that, doesn't it? <laughs> By telling all the way that they're connected. That they uh, are. But again, you understand there's two points to this. This is wonderful because there's two messages that they're trying to get across. And the messages are actually contradictory. The first message is we have nothing to do with the church. The church doesn't control us. They're not involved. So they have plausible deniability, or as my friend Bill Real might put it, the church has deniable plausibility. But on the other hand, they want everybody who reads this to understand that really they are very, very closely associated with the church. The church is involved in up to its eyeballs in what they're doing at Book of Mormon Central. And that, my friends, is why you should not only read what we produce, but you should also donate. Those are the two messages that I see being attempted to uh, be, well, excuse me, to be written in this. I have a little technical difficulty, okay. but you can't see because I'm still hidden. <laughs> yeah, so the, the writing, one one message, two opposing concepts in it, and they're doing beautifully, I think. Right, and, and, and again, I was, I was uh, going to say that that is what struck us about that invitation. It seemed like a very glaring statement that the church is involved. Here is an apostle speaking here. It was almost like, oh, you said that out loud, which is why we decided to look into it, just because it seemed very overt when on the the back side of it, they're saying things like, no, no, no. So that's why it's piqued our interest. Landon, the, and now you've got to the part that's highlighted. Is it okay if I read this and you stop me wherever you want? Uh, absolutely. Yep. BMC, Bowel Movement Central. <laughs> it's an unfortunate acronym. Oh, BMC, well, I hope that doesn't catch on. Yeah, no. BMC is not officially endorsed by the, boom, see, comma, although. Okay. Yeah. Although there's the, but BMC is not officially endorsed by the church. Although we are a trusted independent organization. Yeah. Independent. And by independent, we mean totally dependent on the church. Members of the 12 and the 70 have keynoted BMC events. I know elder Holland spoke at one in 2017. I saw a video of that while I was preparing church leaders and employees work with us. They work with us, leaders and employees work with us, both as private individuals and occasionally in official capacities. We hope our efforts help all of the religious organizations within the restoration movement who cherish the Book of Mormon. We hope our materials prove useful to missionaries working with investigators. We hope our approach helps many people stay in the boat as Elder Ballard taught in his October 2014 and October 2016 general conference addresses. Okay, right. I'm going to stop you right there. Please do. This, this, these next couple sentences are just boom. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Take so, it away. No, go ahead. Go ahead and read it. But oh, uh, okay. I, I want to highlight these uh, these next couple sentences. Our publications ultimately depend on research. Research is inherently exploratory and uncertain. Being completely independent empowers. Book of Mormon Central to take calculated risks, which the official church would not be comfortable undertaking. If we are successful, the church benefits. If we are not successful, the church is not embarrassed. We support the church's mission to help more of God's children feast upon the words of Christ in the Book of Mormon. Well, that is very interesting. And by the way, that's the basis for the title of tonight's show, which is Mormon Apologetics, Risky Business. This comes from this statement by Book of Mormon Central themselves talking about how risky it is 
for the church to do apologetics. Therefore, they farm it out to independent groups that the church funds and helps and has apostles speak at fundraising dinners. That's exactly, yeah, exactly right. That's the same way I read it. And, you know, obviously, RFM, you're a lawyer and brilliant. Uh, I'm just a, a, a regular Joe, and I can read that. <laughs> right. Well, and I will say that this statement here, the way it's worded is, as far as I could tell, looking through it uh, last night, is not on the site anymore. They've kind of retooled it into a list of, of bullet points. But the concept of this is the same. And the actual statement off the site that I pulled off uh, last night, I don't know, I could read all these bullet points. They're pretty good. But what RFM is referring to is it says, because of the inherently risky nature of our endeavor, we expect to remain independent for the foreseeable future. So mm. risky, you know, ever-changing scholarship. Could you read that line take again? those risks. Uh -huh. got, I want to I do something. Go ahead. Yeah, it says because of the inherently risky nature of na, our na, endeavor. Na, 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 na. <laughs> na, 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 na. There we go. That's a reference for those of you over 50. Tom Cruise. <laughs> we need a little Tom Cruise in there. <laughs> That's right. We don't know because RFM is covered. He could be wearing that white dress shirt and sliding across the studio. We have no idea what he's doing back there. So Sorry to disappoint you. He's not going to do it in his underwear, is he? <laughs> no, but again, so this statement that you see on the screen, that's not there anymore. That was in June. But the current one is just, again, talking about these risks, you know, which is maybe scholarship that's a little bit more on the edge that they're not going to present in general conference or in the Liahona. They can present it here. And then I believe the word embarrassment was used. Um, if the scholarship turns out to be, you know, new information comes out, it's not quite correct. The embarrassment, if there is embarrassment, you know, is not on the church, but on Book of Mormon Central, who can just say, oh, okay, we're just going to, you know, walk that back and now we'll try this. So, but again, people can go there and they can read this scholarship and decide if it, you know, is important to them. It's something that they can kind of base their faith on. Um but the risk is not on the church and the embarrassment well, is not on the church. The way I read this is we're, we're going to present some things that may not really be valid or may not be, uh, you know, right. verifiable, uh, but it'll increase your faith. Therefore, we're going to say it anyway, even though it's, right. it, it may not be verified. Uh, and mm -hmm. then if, if we're wrong, it's on us. But the church gets to take advantage of its faith building to you. So they, the church takes advantage. But if it becomes an embarrassment, that's on us. Okay. Correct. Next slide. Yep. Okay. Um, what will BMC do with the donations that they get? Uh, well, when they reach their flood the earth with the Book of Mormon campaign funding goal of 8.9 million, they'll have an additional 90 K per month for operations. So they're going to add three full-time employees. They're going to add some uh, college age <laughs> interns to help. Um, and so that's uh, that's their plan is to increase their uh, their presence. And the, the bottom one's kind of interesting. We will have a 40 percent market penetration rate among Latter-day Saints. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what a market penetration <laughs> rate. It means how many people they'll reach. It's a business term. It's a business term. Yeah. <laughs> Which is strange uh, being used with a gutter, faithful, landed. yeah, faithful or Lana's mind is always in the gutter. <laughs> but it's strange that this term would be used, you know, on a faithful site about, yeah. you know, gospel topics. They're talking about, you know, these these marketing terms. So that, that's funny to me. So this yeah. is basically all geared to get people to donate, right? 
What yeah. will we do with your donation? Well, we're, we're going to do a lot of great stuff with your donation. Believe us. Well, and they tell you how they use those donations. They say current monthly expenditures average $125,000 per month. Uh, they go on to say no executive salary or fundraising events are included in that amount. Uh, all BMC executives, and then they name all of the executives there, serve as volunteers. Of course, a lot of them are BYU employees and, uh, you know, church uh, employees so or retired church employees. So they, <laughs> they are paid by the church, just not uh, in this role. Um, there are a few outsiders on there as well. Um, they occupy five suites in an office building and they give you the address of where that's at. Um, uh, but then they go on and say how they buy much of their furniture comes from secondhand sources, such as BYU surplus sales, uh, uh, nonprofit discounts, et cetera. Uh, so they kind of go on and tell you, you know, they've got 18 full-time employees, 12 part-time employees, and four part-time freelancers who work in leverage by dozens of dedicated volunteers. So, uh, this is a paid. This is a paid organization. These people are being paid uh, for for what they produce um, at, at a lot greater. I don't know how many employees Radio Free Mormon has. Uh, I'm guessing not 18. Maybe uh, one. Maybe one. <laughs> and 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 Mormonish. Uh, we don't have any paid employees at all. Oh no, we lose money. No. <laughs> By the way, can I just say something it. for the record, which is that dog barking is not coming from my microphone. Yes, that's mine that's either. My that's is my that dog. is that Addy? Oh that's my goodness, my Landon. Yeah. Landon. Landon. Give that dog what is a bone. Going on with the dog. <laughs> She's moved downstairs, so hopefully, uh, hopefully the barking will go the away. Barking is yeah. <laughs> so we said we told you we had the financials. Uh, so the next uh, uh, one is uh, the next slide is the financials. This is just uh, this is their 990 form. Every uh, uh, nonprofit's required to fill this out. This was from 2019. This was the most recent one we we could find. So they uh, their contributions and grants uh, last uh, in 2018 it was 1.2 million. Uh, this year it's one point or in 2019 it was 1.5. I'm sure it's uh, much more than that. Uh, you can see their expenses run right around uh, in 2019 two million dollars a year is how much uh, money they're spending uh, on mm. on this site. So substantial. Quite the operation. That's right. Yes, and they're not getting money directly from the church. We have to keep that in mind. It's being funneled through another organization. C correct. Um, okay, so this one here just shows uh, that uh, of that money, 1.1 million of it, if you look at the top line there, is for salaries and wages. And so, uh, you know, these guys are being paid for, for the what they produce. Now, a lot of the material that's on there are from people, you know, maybe a BYU uh, professor who wrote something or did some research and it's published there, you know, they're, they, they, they're probably not paid for it other than they're paid through the university to do such research. So they're still in essence being paid by the church. Uh, but uh, th there are people who do, who do donate uh, time and, and, and articles and whatnot to, to the site. Right. It's funny to me that they, that they keep, they, they do say that they're open to other branches of, of the you know the Church of Christ and and other uh, Mormon centric, centric uh, religions, and yet they they say that they hope their work will help the missionaries. So I I guess the uh, 
you know, are, are they hoping to help the Church of Christ missionaries as well? Are, or, do they have any missionaries? I, I don't know if they do or not, but uh, evidently, you know, it, the intent is to get people to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not the other mm -hmm. two branches. Correct. I would think so. Yeah. So, okay, let's go to the to the next slide. Okay, so, so we decided to uh now we get into the of, story. Yeah, now we kind of get more into the, the story. That so brings us together today. Exactly. The reason we bring this together because we found the original invitation. We did some background research on what Book of, Book of Mormon Central was, and then I made a post of, about it. it. Like I said, someone had already posted, but I made one that said, This is so unusual. What do you think about this? An apostle seems to be seems to be speaking at a fundraiser. So go ahead, Landon. Yeah, so we got into a Facebook exchange, and uh, they had someone who was familiar with Book of uh, Mormon uh, Central who started uh, communicating with us via Facebook, and uh, we we just put their name down as advocate. Uh, didn't want to identify that. It person. was a friend of ours already, kind of, or at least yeah, associate we, out there in the podcasting world. And this person is, you know, associated or at least knows Book of Mormon Central. So this person was trying to explain to us what their actual intent was. Because from my post, uh, people were commenting and seemed to be misunderstanding. It's mm -hmm. not a fundraiser. So this person was trying to help us understand what the real intent was. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, they came back and said, the information is mistaken. This is kind of paraphrased here. The Elder yeah. Rathband event is not a fundraising event. Well, wait a second. It said fundraising right on the invitation. That which, was our confusion. Which is why they say the information is mistaken. Um, okay. They said that event will be held separately without general authorities present. Although oh, there's, there's two events there, there and the fundraising be. one will be the one where there's no general authority present. Correct. So you don't have to pay $250 a plate to hear Elder Rasband talk anymore. No, you still have to pay. The no, you still have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've hit a nerve. Oh, yes. Uh, it, it was key. It was clear that we had. So uh, we we confirmed, as we've mentioned via phone call, that Elder Rasban would be there and that it would cost $250 per plate. Uh, and so uh, we called, we, we posted that back on Facebook and the advocate came back and said he is speaking at the banquet event. The fundraising event is separate. A lot of the information from last year uh, a lot of the information was from last year and needs to be updated. So these dinners in the past have been their annual fundraiser event and they have right. charged $250 a plate and then they've done the fundraising. However, because Elder Rasban will be there this year, it's not a fundraising event because general authorities can't go to fundraising events. Correct. So his point of view was just they, and, and as we saw, remember it said change this. They had not updated yet the information that you would be taken to by scanning the barcode. So fundraisers in the past without church authorities, church authority this time, they need to change it because, you know, the two cannot go together, be presented together. So that's how this advocate was explaining it to us. But then it was interesting. Do we have a slide about it, Landon? Because we kept going back and forth to the site and it almost seemed like changes were being made real time while yeah. we were doing this exchange with the advocate. Which was funny. They were. were they listening to us? It was so funny. Oh, yeah. Everything you're saying right. is getting passed through your advocate. Right. Right to the Book of Mormon central people. Oh, right. He was clearly getting on the phone with them and calling them because he'd, he'd, he'd 
come back and say, I just talked with someone and they told me this. Um, so he was right. clearly talking to them. Um, he said the banquet ticket price covers expenses of the evening only, and they are hoping to just break even on the costs. And we'll we'll go over that. $250 a plate, they're hoping to just break even. Um, there are no explicit calls for mo monetary donations when general church leaders are present. So, Oh, no explicit calls for monetary donations. Well, that's different, isn't it? Yeah, and they're not explicit calls. So they may say... You know what you need to do to help this organization. <laughs> do your right. duty, Mormon. No, but they're not going to say, they're not going to get up after Elder Rasband speaks and say, if you like what you heard, you know, you know what you need to do. They're not going to do that. They might allude to it later. Or Landon even had the thought maybe they would send out a little card or something later that would say, you know, now donate. But they cannot do that there while he is there in the room. Okay, this is just so transparent to me. Perhaps I'm cynical, but what it seems like to me, and I'll switch this out so everybody can see me. Thank you. <laughs> what it seems like to me is uh, they've been caught red-handed talking about a fundraiser with an apostle present. And so now they're going to define a fundraiser in such limited terms as to make it so that this is not a fundraiser. You're still going to pay $250 a plate to go hear Elder Asban speak. That's not a fundraiser, they're saying, even though they said it originally, but now they've been called on it. So we're going to scrap that idea a little bit too close there. And now we're going to say that a fundraiser only occurs if there is a general authority present and somebody makes an explicit call for monetary donations. That's what a fundraiser is. That's not what we're doing. Therefore, it's not a fundraiser. C correct. See, and they that. Um, so, so then they changed, so they changed, if you go to the next slide, they updated the, the, uh, invitation. Uh, yeah. and so we went back to the site, but then we started noticing some other, uh, anomalies, I guess you could call them. Uh, it says upon arrival, you will be greeted at our check-in tables in the ballroom foyer. There you can meet some of the scripture central staff, volunteers, and service missionaries. Wait a second. Service missionaries? Service missionaries. That stood out to us. Yeah. That means like official Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints missionary serving a service mission, right? Well, that's, that's that, what we took it to be. That's what we took it as. And it, it was then explained to us that missionaries, uh, when they are service missionaries, they are given time in which they can donate their time to certain approved charities. Uh, such as they could go work at a soup kitchen as a service missionary, and that would count. Um, and so that is what these the claim is, is that these are service missionaries who have chosen to do service for this organization, which is approved by the church. Yeah, except that that's acting like the service missionaries are not on missions for the church, which they are. Correct. It's like no. they're just Well, and anyone attending. Yeah. I it's was going like to say, anyone attending walking in. Correct. Anybody walking in and attending, if they're wearing their name tags, would definitely think the church had some kind of part in this evening because their service missionaries are there. So, and I don't know if they'd be wearing their name tags when they come or if they would, you know, just be regular people. I'm not sure, but it was, it was strange I'm to seeing, us. I'm just seeing more and more links between Book of Mormon Central and the church. Absolutely. Correct. Could you read that bottom line that's highlighted under the picture there? That's a good question. <laughs> All proceeds from this event go to support Scripture Central, 
a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Well, that seems that sounds like a fundraiser to me. I don't know. I'm just a uh, a small town attorney. <laughs> yeah, again, confused. But this is all updated from the original, you know, when we scanned the barcode, what originally appeared, this is their update, but still confusing to us, we felt. Okay, so what happens next? So go to the next slide and we'll see what uh, what those breaking even must mean. Um, we looked at the ballroom. It seats 510 people. So if they were to sell 510 tickets at $250 each, they would Which raise- Which they will because there's an apostle speaking. An apostle go ahead. speaking. Correct. That would be $127,500 uh, for that night. So if they break even, uh, it costs $127,000 to host an apostle coming to speak to people. Right, by now, which I think you mean, if this really isn't a fundraiser, then they have to spend $127,000 on the event so that they're not raising any funds. Correct. And and they're taking a chance that if they didn't fill up the room, they'd have to eat. Let, let's say they only sold half the only half the people bought the tickets. They, they, they'd they lose sixty thousand uh, dollars on this event. If correct, if, if they're just and they'd be eating filet mignon for the rest of the year. And they, that's right. They'd have to take <laughs> in doggy bags. Doggy that's bag. right. <laughs> <laughs> so that that just doesn't seem believable that it's one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars to cater and to uh, rent the, the hotel room. Uh, a hotel room for a couple uh, hotel ballroom for a night. Um, Do you have any idea how much it does cost to rent the motel room for a night? We, we were going to check, I, but we didn't. Yeah, can we I give didn't you a guess on yeah. how much it costs yeah. to give rent a, guess. a motel room uh, for a night at the Marriott when you have an apostle speaking? Oh, oh it, we didn't think of that, did we, Landon? Yeah. We did no, not think of Marriott that. Or, this is the Hyatt. It's the Hyatt, but still... Yeah, it's, I can see is that. it Salt Lake City? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Downtown. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that that's the case. So go ahead and with your analysis. But yeah. I've got a sneaking suspicion they're getting this for free. Well, the the, the other side of this is if if you only want to hear an apostle, couldn't you just uh, get a steak center and do it for free? Yeah. You're yeah, not you raising could. any money. I mean, you wouldn't get any money out of it, but it's right. not a fundraiser. So why why not just do it at a church building? Um it's very much a fundraiser, $250 a play. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's it's Well, it's Moroni Day. It's a very special day, and it's the 200th anniversary. And, you know, it's interesting because I haven't heard the church proper speak about this very much, the 200-year anniversary. Have, have either of you? No. I mean, Scripture Central, yes, but you would think that this would be kind of a big deal that they might be talking about, but I haven't really heard anything or seen any articles about it. So maybe this is one of these cases where Scripture Central does what the church doesn't do. The church is not going to come out and say Moroni Day, but Scripture Central is. So interesting. Yeah. So we might be confused as to whether this is a fundraiser if we go to the next slide. Yeah, we're still confused. Um, okay, hang on just a second. I'm just going to the church's official web page, seeing if there's anything about Moroni Day coming up. Yeah. Answer. I mean, it's the 200th no. anniversary. Like this should be, this is the founding event. <laughs> this is a pretty big deal. And so I'm kind of surprised too that there isn't anything. I, I don't know why. I don't either. But yeah, this is very interesting. So I didn't go through the entire church website. I was just looking at the the the, the home page. And there's nothing about, hey, it's Moroni Day or anything about the 200th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. And it's coming up in a week, so you'd think it would be yeah. there right now. If, if and they love pivotal dates, and they love anniversaries, and they love celebrations. So I don't know why this one has kind of been 
swept under the rug. It's very strange. I know how I would advertise it on the church website if I were in charge. <laughs> Uh-oh. It, it was 200 years ago on a night just like tonight. Uh, there you go. I don't well, and it's interesting because they do celebrate, they celebrated the first vision, which that date is still kind of nebulous. This date, uh, because it is the equinox, um, and we all know the ramifications of that, it's absolutely known. This is the date. You'd think they would celebrate the date they know for sure. The first vision, not so much. Right. And it does look like, uh, my recollection is, is that Moroni did or did not appear several times to Joseph Smith over the course of the night of September mm -hmm. 21st to 22nd. Yeah. So they're having yep. this on the 22nd in the evening. They're catching it at the tail end to celebrate the anniversary. Correct. I think Correct. it was like at midnight. Span the two days. Came, yeah, 2 a.m. and yeah, several several times. Yep. Night. And again in the morning. Like yeah, in the morning. above the fence or something. Yeah. After Joseph Smith fell over. So. Okay. Why are we confused as to whether this is a fundraiser? I, I don't know why there would be any confusion <laughs> at this point. Um, and of course, you'll see a quote from RFM because I was talking to him about this throughout the summer saying, what, what is happening here? What is this? And I love this quote, Landon, or RFM, read your own quote right there. This is what he told me, which I thought was great. Their position seems to be that if they say it's not a fundraiser, it's not a fundraiser, even if they are raising funds. Exactly. And that, that seemed to be the conclusion that uh, that uh, we came to as well. Um, you know, there's a picture of an apostle on an invitation for $250 per plate dinner. Service missionaries are present. The past invitations for this celebration, when no apostle there, call it a fundraiser and then say, please join us by reserving your seat to this dinner at the cost of $250 per person. We encourage you to come in a generous mood with a desire to give even more this evening if your circumstances allow. It's so like a Rotary Club meeting. <laughs> yeah, that that tells you the two hundred fifty dollars a person must be covering must be somewhat of a fundraiser because they're saying we we encourage you to give even more, uh, even more. Yeah, uh, and then the current online invitation says all proceeds will go to Scripture Central. So everything in here seems to indicate this is a fundraiser, uh, and yet we're told it's not a fundraiser simply because Elder Rasvan will be there. Mm hmm. Are you able to duck the $250 amount you have to pay to attend? It is. Yes. It's because they're a charitable organization. So, Correct. right. So that's a fundraiser. Well, there it is. There, there you go. I mean, you, so, can't deduct it you can't just write off a dinner. That's a co your cost for the dinner. That's correct. Yeah. Good, good point. Um, okay. It, Next. It's gotta be if you're writing it off. Um, so, uh, here are the uh, the event details, uh, the the agenda. They they finally uh, got it down to its business casual. Um, again, uh, it's accessible. And this is from last year, correct? Two thousand twenty two. This is from twenty twenty two, and this is where we pulled out uh, some of those. In, the 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 you can see the statement. Please join us by reserving your seats to the dinner. Uh, that's where to show that in twenty twenty two, this same event was a fundraiser. Correct. And no church leadership present, but it was a fundraiser. And so that's how it kind of got convoluted with the information once we scanned the barcode and they were quickly yeah. scrambling to change it, to update it because now an apostle is speaking. Got it. Okay. So have the brethren or the media mentioned Book of Mormon Central? Um, they have multiple times uh, and this comes <laughs> off their website. Uh, you know, they're, they're letting you know 
uh, that the Deseret News published an article talking about it. Uh, the, uh, B, the the Know Why app premiered at BYU Education Week. Uh, Deseret News Mormon Times had an article about them. Hey, uh, Landon. Yep. Landon, you keep reading. I just got to go check something here in the back. I apologize. I'll okay. be right back. No problem. Is it okay. your dog? We'll, we'll never know you're gone because of the icon there. So, and I guess what we can say is, you know, here are part of their uh, information page says we're not affiliated, but here they want to make sure that you do see a lot of places where there seems to be affiliation or at least approval. Is that how you see it, Landon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, if you look at one of those, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland praised Book of Mormon Central in his keynote speech at the uh, Chiasmus Jubilee celebration. Oh, uh, so <laughs> all these days I'm not aware of. All yeah, this I, I was not aware of it. The Jewish calendar, you know, the Mormon calendar has nothing on the Jewish calendar, I guess. Uh, with no, all no. They have. Um, this is but yeah, exciting. They, they're 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 very blatantly pointing out that uh, that apostles are supporting this organization. And it, it's kind of interesting to me, given, uh, you know, just just yesterday, the church denouncing the Tim Ballard uh, yes. situation and, and saying, well, he was using these apostles names in order to raise money for his own charitable organizations and endowments. Uh I don't see a difference here. Uh, I, I guess maybe the difference is is they have the permission of those people to do yeah. that here. So if you have the permission to use the the name, isn't that saying that you're affiliated with them and that you're sponsored by them? Uh, that seems to be the indication that I would take from yeah. that. This is all a, a protracted exercise in pretending to not be sponsored by the LDS church and supported by the LDS church while you're being supported and sponsored by the LDS church. That's yeah. why there's these two conflicting statements coming out all over the place, I think. Yeah, I fully agree. So uh, this is just a list of, of all the different times that uh, that the brethren have uh, <laughs> have, have done that. So. So and, here, and I was going to say, I like to call this page the Sally Field page. They like us. They really like us. You know? <laughs> Please read this. See how much they like us, right? Right. This is how you're going to get donations from the faithful. Uh -huh. It's showing yes. that you are endorsed by the church. Yeah. With that, but the church doesn't want you to say that you're endorsed by the church. Yes. So yeah. what do you do? You kind of say both. So well, so and and I will say, let me read this, Landon, on their current website. Like I said, a lot of this has been retooled. I believe this section is still there if I saw it today, but they have a statement currently there that says we are not controlled by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or BYU in any way. Um, if we make a mistake, we are solely responsible. So they they I think more recently state it really outright. We are not controlled by them. So yet then they also still have this page up currently that says, here's all the places where it looks like there's support. Can I just uh, make an observation is that when you take money from somebody, you're controlled by them. If you have their apostles and top leaders speaking at your functions, yeah, you're controlled by them. Well, this this was the this was uh, the presentation that we put on uh, a Mormonish podcast that we did back in June. Uh, to explain this, uh, we put this out, uh, you know, questioning, uh, you know, is it is it appropriate for an apostle to, uh, you know, go to a dinner that appears to be a fundraising dinner? 
Exactly. Is this our final slide, Landon, from that? No, no, but the next one we want to hold off on. Um, oh, I mean, that's the more current one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and as Landon was saying, we did this episode and we made, we sort of joked throughout it. We sort of said, boy, I'd like to go. I like filet mignon. I like salmon. We made those kinds of jokes. And then suddenly, to our amazement, um, one of our listeners and viewers um, said, I want to send you guys to this. I will pay for the tickets. We were really surprised, weren't we, Landon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. We were stunned. So she literally, this incredible donor, this wonderful uh, listener viewer of Mormonish, uh, paid for our tickets. Um, she put them on her credit card, um, but we did have to give our names, um, our real names. Well, so. we, we didn't have to give our real names, but we discussed it and we said, well, we don't yeah. want to you know, we don't want to no, appear like you're trying to get in there and false right. pretense. We're going to say who we are. Uh, you made up the name like Landon Brophy. Yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't think you wouldn't think they'd recognize that. but Landon uh, Brophy is not your real name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah why would you choose that on purpose? No. <laughs> yeah. So we had tickets. It's incredible. We're, we're going to go. Um, Landon bought a suit. I bought a dress, a sleeveless dress and a sweater to go over that sleeveless dress because it's mm -hmm. Book of Mormon Central. I was all in and we were ready to go. We and, call that detrimental you know, reliance in my field. It, that's exactly it. And we did not tell very many people about this because we're like, OK, we're just going to go. And, you know, our intent was simply just to go and see what they were all about, learn more. We'd already looked at their website and um, connect with some people there. I feel like we probably already know some of the scholars yeah, there because everybody's out there in the podcasting world. Yeah. So we were actually excited to go. So then a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, our wonderfully generous benefactor texted me and she goes, hey, my charge for those tickets on my credit card was reversed. Mm -hmm. So we no longer have tickets. They they uninvited us. They sent the money back. So to Landon and to myself, that said, uh-oh, they looked at our names. You know, they uninvited us. But we weren't going to let it stand there. Where are we, Landon? Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> Did you receive some tickets in exchange for the money? No, we, no, we were supposed for the to ticket. get an email. Yeah, we were supposed to get an email and that never came. How long so, did you wait? Correct. Like weeks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. However, however, the benefactor, our generous donor, she received something, you know, that said your credit card has been charged. The tickets mm -hmm. have been purchased. So she was sending us screenshots from where she had signed up for the tickets. But we never received anything, even though Landon put his email on and we should have received, you know, the online tickets, but we didn't. So we thought that was weird and we kept meaning to call, but it was still in the future. But then suddenly we were told by the, the donor um, nope, they reversed the charges on my credit card. They they gave me my money back. What did with, you with do no then? explanation. So yeah. yeah, with no explanation. So I got on the phone and called him up, and and I talked <laughs> to uh, one of the guys that runs. Uh, uh, you know, one of the uh, I I don't want to say his name. He was extremely no. nice. They're so nice over nice there. They are so nice. And and uh, he said, "Well, uh, you guys." hurt our feelings with the podcast that you put out uh, and claiming that uh, we were selling an apostle. Uh, and I oh, said, wait, okay. Well, so you did a podcast about this over at Mormonish. Yeah. yeah. That's what you were describing. We did a podcast with these same slides that we just showed you. And that's how we made jokes about, we'd love to attend. And that's how the donor, you know, who watched our podcast contacted us and said, Hey, I saw your podcast. I'd love for you guys to go. That would be really interesting. 
So that's how that all happened. You're raising all these questions about why is this a fundraiser and they're making all these changes. Exactly. It's exactly pretty much what we just went through with you, which is why the slides are from back in June, because this is what we had put out on our own podcast. So apparently they'd seen it and they actually said the words, you hurt our heart, which made me feel bad. (laughs) I just, they said, you hurt our heart with what you did, you know, which was not our intent. It seems like a familiar expression. I've heard that somewhere before. Some questions. Yeah. Okay. So Landon's good, though. He's very diplomatic, aren't you, Landon? Well, I, I just talked with him and I said, well, this this isn't a, so we you've made it clear this isn't a fundraiser. Am I correct on that? And he said, no, it's not a fundraiser. And I said, so it's just an apostle speaking at an event. Why would we not be invited? And he said, well, this is a special day for us. We've put a lot of work into it and we want to make sure that we have the spirit there. We don't want you cocking it up, Landon. That, that's yeah. right. And and he said, we've, we've seen incidences in conference where people stand up and shout down and, and we don't want to have that at our event. And I said, well, I have no intention of doing that. We wanted to come because we wanted to meet uh, several of the other scholars uh, that uh, do apologetic work. Uh, because that's one of the things we like to talk about on our show. And we wanted to get to know some of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and again, it says Church of Christ, you're welcome. It, it says that it's an organization for all people interested in the Book of Mormon. And I think post-Mormon people are still in that group of people who are interested in the Book of Mormon. Uh, well, and and very knowledgeable. Mormon yep, chapels also very... have a sign out front that says visitors welcome. What's your point? Exactly. And that's how we took it. We thought that we would be just fine there. And we were really excited to engage with the people. But he he did seem concerned that we might do something or say something that would take away from the evening. I think he actually said something to Landon, like, can you vouch for that lady that you're bringing with you that she'll behave? Of course, wait, no wait, one wait. can. Landon, but... <laughs> Landon, is that true? Yes. Yeah. What did they say to you about this lady? Uh <laughs> They didn't, uh, unbelievably, they didn't know Rebecca Bibliotheca or hadn't seemed to have heard of her before. So they, uh, you know. Thank goodness. They, they, as they best as you can recall, the Landon, what did they tell you? What did they tell you? <laughs> but they they basically, uh, you know, I said, well, the, the lady uh, actually has a son who's on no, the Landon, right Landon, now. Landon, hold it. Back up, back up. What did they tell you? About Rebecca? What did they tell you? Yes. In other words, Rebecca's saying what you told her they said. I'm trying to get back to you. Oh, oh, yeah, first yeah. party account. Yeah. Oh, you, you think they use some other derogatory? <laughs> I have no, no, I have no idea. I just want to get the best witness. Yeah, that's that's what they said is can you can you uh, assure that the that the guest, the lady that you're bringing, that she's that she's going to behave herself? Um, you know, which is, and he uh, couldn't, so, uh, you know, no, he couldn't. So they took, no, <laughs> okay. So I, he's the I, lady. I, basically I said, you know, you clearly don't know Rebecca. If you think she's going to cause problems, she's, you know, the kindest person I've ever met. Uh, she, she, she handles every situation diplomatically. In fact, uh, whenever I go on and re- reply to comments, she comes in and tells me you're being too mean. You have to calm those yeah. down or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, that that's Rebecca for anyone who doesn't know. So, you know, I assured him, I said, absolutely. I said, you know, this is, this is kind of strange that she can have a son on a mission and support a son on a mission, but she's not allowed to come listen to an apostle speak. Uh, th- that just doesn't seem uh, reasonable. So he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll allow you to come. If you introduce yourself when you get here, 
Uh, and and so that we know who you are. And I'm guessing they probably were planning on setting us at a table with, um, with uh, church word security, bounce, with the word bouncer, <laughs> with the bouncer. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's that was the plan. But that's fine. We you know, we we agreed to that. Um, and so uh, he said, hey, if you have any questions, feel free to text those to me or or email me uh, about that and, and, and we can have a dialogue on it. So I said, hey, I appreciate that. Um, he said, okay, I'll open it up. You can purchase the tickets again. You can buy those again. You can buy yeah, them. And he asked us what kind of dinner, what what entree you wanted too. What, so we were all excited. Entree? Landon can have his filet mignon. I can have my salmon. That's so right. we were excited. But we, then he called you back. Um, just uh, back. As soon as I hung up, five minutes later, he called me back up and he said, hey, we just want to let you know this is going to be streamed so you don't have to record it. Um, people will be able to see it. And I said, well, I appreciate that. I had no intention of recording it. We actually were going to see, you know, one, we wanted to see what what is this apostle going to say about this organization? Mm -hmm. um, and uh and because so, you know he's not going to say anything of interest about Moroni. Probably not. It may no, be. it's just oh, going to be the standard spiel about reading from, you know, what Joseph Smith said, and here comes Moroni, and it's glorious, and the Book of Mormon, and the plates, and happy Moroni Day. That's all Elder Rasband's going to say about that. It'll be the most boring, uninteresting talk ever, because it's just going to say what everybody's heard a million times. But I think what you said is interesting. You're wanting to know what it is Elder Rasband's going to say about Book of Mormon Central. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. because we're interested in what this organization is and how they're using it, and and so we're interested to go to go watch and see what what's going to happen. And we're willing. He 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 told me uh, we we don't th we didn't think you would want to come. And I said, well, why would we have spent five hundred dollars? <laughs> Uh, to come to something we didn't want to come with. He said, oh, we don't think you'll feel comfortable there. And I said, well, I, oh my I, I gosh. don't feel uncomfortable. Why do people say that when what they really mean is we're not comfortable with having you there? You're there. Yes. He, he was clearly speaking for me, but we we had a good conversation. He was a kind man and, and uh, you know. Somewhat was, disingenuous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but well, They're very but, nice over there. And I had to laugh at that because I thought, oh, like they picture us, I think as a post-Mormon um, in a trench coat with a camera. I mean, you know, they we're really trying to pull one over on them. And that was not our intent at all. In fact, we thought we might probably know some people there because, you know, think of Sunstone, where we all go. There are active Mormons, faithful Mormons, post-Mormons, all, you know, people from the Restoration. We all interact together. And on a level of scholarship, I feel like there is that higher ground where maybe smaller things, you don't really go there, but you can interact. And that's what we were hoping for, was dialogue and discussion and interaction. And just to find out more about their organization, because I will say, I have lots of family members that love Book of Mormon Central. I mean, it's like tabbed on their computer, they go there. So I'd like to find out, you know, what are they reading? What are they seeing? So that was our intent. We did not even intend to make an episode about it. The, we, we didn't tell anybody we were going to go and we were not even going to do some kind of an expose afterwards and say, aha, we went, here it is. We were not going to do that. We might bring up some of the things that we'd learned there or some of our experiences in other podcasts going forward, but we had no plans, you know, to do anything, some kind of expose, the inside story of Moroni Day. We were genuine. That's how I felt. Did you feel that way, Landon? I felt oh, like we were genuinely yeah, going yeah, to absolutely. interact and now, learn more. Yeah. Had, had the had he come out and and raised funds and started saying you need to then we'd probably do an episode on it because they yeah. were disingenuous and told us it was not but uh as long as they did what they said they were going to do there was no 
episode? What what are we going to talk about? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, to to us at that point, we were like, well, let's go see what it's about and learn a little bit about these guys. Um. So you yeah. you and contacted we were- your generous benefactress from down south. We Correct. did. And we said, you won't believe this, but Landon was able to talk them into <laughs> letting us back in. We even were able to give them our entree choices. And she's like, go for it. This is amazing. You know, this is even more interesting. And so this time she sent us the money and we purchased our own tickets because now this man we were talking to was waiting for us to purchase. And he even went a little back and forth on, didn't he Landon? Like, did you make the purchase or did you make it twice? He helped us, yeah. you know, buy the tickets and make sure everything went through. And so at that point, we were, we thought we were excited. Like I said, I bought a dress and a sweater to go over the dress and Landon bought a suit and it's marked on our calendar and we are going to go to Moroni Day. And we were even hoping we could meet some people there that we might even invite on our podcast to talk about this, you know, because we have all kinds of people on our podcast. So we really um, were enthusiastic about this and excited. So -hmm. then about a month went by, would you say, Landon? Because this is all happening back in June and July. Yeah. So we're set. We're ready to go. It's on our calendar. And then something very unusual that we did not expect at all happened. So Thursday, (laughs) um, we got the following email uh, from them. Um, And if you go to the next slide. Going to the next slide, sir, as soon as I can find it. That email. Here. Hang on a second here. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I can. And, and I will say, too, that this uh, this donation now is not tax deductible because we are not a 501c3. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, correct. This woman is literally given this wonderful donor. It's not tax deductible. She gave us, you know, gave it gave was going to give Book of Mormon Central this money. So, yeah. <clears throat> so um, here, here's the email and I blanked out the person's name. It says. Uh, and this was just out of the blue, no notice. I, I checked my email and dated September fourteenth, by the way, September fourteenth, twenty twenty three. It been two days ago on Thursday, correct? Thursday, yep. At three seventeen p.m. Yep, I just bought my suit the day, the night before, because I don't yep. have that always the way. Go to church. Yep. Why don't you have <laughs> suits already? That's what I want to know. So it says it's a rustic kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you don't go to church, you just kind of you let that slide. You, let, you have suits, right? Well, not, in the back of your closet. He was in a bishopric, for God's <laughs> sake. You know, it sounds like my story. Yeah, all the suits don't fit me anymore. Where'd you get the suit? <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, at uh, uh, Dillard's. Yeah. Yeah, like nice, like a tux kind of thing. Like we were going to dress up. I was wearing like a ball gown. We were going to go and make a really good showing for the post Mormon community. And then what happened? We got the email. And, and what does the email say? It says, Dear Landon, I thank you for your interest in attending the Moroni Day celebration. I remember that when we talked, you represented your intentions to be honorable and not detrimental to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I do not want to judge your motives. I also hoped that your attendance might foster a greater understanding and mutual respect, which is exactly what we intended. Yep. I know. I read that sentence to say, you're an effing liar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, he he then goes on and tells us why we're uninvited. In light of your recent published podcast with Dr. Lundwall, I sadly do not feel that we can achieve this goal, and I'm unwilling to subject this special occasion to scorn inform in a future podcast. Um, When we last spoke, you indicated a desire to have questions answered. Perhaps this is a better forum to open dialogue. You're, you appear to personally be a very delightful individual, 
and I certainly would look forward to getting to know you in the future. In light oh, of now this, we're getting to the passive end of the passive aggressive stage. Yes. In light of this, I will be sending once again your $500 back to you and wish you the best. This so, $500 is getting a lot of mileage. It is. It, it's, it's moving all over the place. Or $250 dinners. <laughs> yeah. Our poor donor, it's very confusing to her, but she's been extraordinarily gracious and amazing through the whole process. So I will say to Book of Mormon Central that that email hurt my heart. <laughs> I mean, it really did. And I, I know we'll get into this, but Landon and I were at a, a event with Richard Bushman last night. This is a faithful type event. We know how to attend these things. I made a list while I was sitting there of all the different faithful events and conferences I've gone to. And there are a lot. And we're not there with any kind of ulterior motive. We really are there to listen and to learn. There's no scorn. There's nothing like that. And so to be disinvited like that, um, it was it was really surprising to me. I mean, I interact, I podcast with a lot of people. I made a huge list um, over on Steve Pinecker's show. I'm a co-host. You know, he has more of a faithful audience. I have a list of like 15 faithful guests that I've interacted with that I consider my friends. You know, we move very easily between all the worlds of Mormonism and being a post-Mormon is part of that world. So I just think they really misunderstand what we would have done. But the other takeaway from that, did yes. you notice the podcast that they called out? So we've yeah. done, we've Dr. been John around Lundwall. Dr. Sorry. John Lundwall. So we've been notice. around. No, exactly. We've been around our podcast for less than a year and we've done probably 70 episodes. And some of them are a little more hard hitting like Cody Temple or Heber Temple. You know, there are all kinds of things that I can see that they could take exception with. But our series with Dr. John Lundwell is just pure scholarship, Book of Mormon scholarship. And that is what they called us out on. And to me, that's more telling than anything else. I don't know. How do you guys feel? Yeah, remember, if you go back to their pillars, scholarship was one of them. And, and they specifically said, we're involved in a risky business because they understand that this scholarship could be questioned. And, and so why would they, why would they take a, a exception to that? And I actually was just looking, uh, I, I found this this morning uh, on uh, actually Mormon News Roundup, Dives uh, had uh, a, a little section that had Tad Collister on there. And they, they played a, a part from him. And he said uh, that, that critics, it was, it was that critics should not just come and criticize the Book of Mormon. It was on them to provide answers. So somehow they get to make the claim, but it's on us to provide the answers. But okay. You did. We did. We well, did. Dr. Lundwell Dr. did. Dr. John way, Lundwell did. Yeah. What Dr. John Lundwell did was he provided his research, his analysis mm -hmm. based upon his expertise, which is largely devastating to the truth claims of the Book of Mormon or that the church has for the Book of Mormon as being an authentic ancient record. And, and we couldn't figure out, you know, at first I was going, well, that was, that was pure, sure, that was pure scholarship that we were talking yeah. about. No snarky remark. To scholarship on the Book of Mormon, which is what you're about. So exactly. I called John and I talked to John and he said, uh, well, remember I referenced their, their material in my presentation. And so I sent you a video and I don't oh. know, I, I've just got a small section of that. Um, from if, your show with John Lundwall. From our show. Yeah. And he was so, and, he was so and, fantastic on your show. We had him on Mormonism Live not too yes. long ago. 
Right. That's what I was going to say. He's actually working on a series with this. Part four just dropped. Uh, one of the sections he did do really well on Mormonism Live. It was incredible. But it's such an interesting series as he's just going through sort of um, evidences of the Book of Mormon. And one of our hopes going to Book of Mormon Central was to talk to some scholars and invite them to come on and engage with Dr. Lundwell's research. We wanted to kind of have a section of Mormonish where we called it peer review or because a lot of people weighed in on YouTube on the comments. You know, a lot of apologists kind of attacked, attacked or, or gave their own opinion. We would love to have some kind of dialogue. And that was one of our other goals for going is to meet some people that might want to engage with Dr. Lundwell. We want to listen and learn too. So back and forth, tell us what you think about Dr. Lundwell's research, but we're not going to have that chance now. We're not going to be able to go and meet anybody. So it's so interesting. So I'm going to try and put up this video clip from your show, yeah. Dr. Lundwall talking about Book of Mormon central resources, right. right? Right. All right, here we go. Let's give it a try. <clears throat> Analysis. I just want to know <clears throat> what civilization, I mean, we're looking at, the Americas, either North America or Mesa America, or, you know, any of the Americas. At this point, Antarctica and the Arctic, too. Well, we'll, we'll go anywhere in the Western Hemisphere. What civilization um, would be writing a thousand-year history on gold plates? And so here is, I just pulled from Book of Mormon Central. They have an article posted on there entitled, The Top Five archaeological evidences for the book of mormon and you know that's interesting the top five these are the top five archaeological evidences number one this is their number one archaeological evidence for the book of mormon is writing on plates and i just plop these three paragraphs down i was wondering landon is that big enough text you can read that yeah i can read it he didn't it even ask seemed, me <laughs> yeah we don't want to ask you uh, he knows better <laughs> It almost seems a shame to use up one of my five evidences here. The issue of inscribed metal plates and stone boxes has been so effectively laid to rest by modern archaeology that Latter-day Saints hardly remember when it was one of the Mormonism's most prevalent and scathing criticisms. We were told the ancients did not preserve records on plates. We were told ancient Israelites in particular did not write on plates. We were told they would have been too heavy for Joseph to carry while running from ruffians or heft from one hiding place to the next. Time has rendered all such objections moot. Hundreds, if not thousands, of examples of metal plates, copper, silver, bronze, brass, and yes, gold, many in stone boxes, and even some bound with metal rings, have been unearthed in places as diverse as Spain, Bulgaria, Italy, Greece, Korea, Egypt, Syria, Iran, even Mesoamerica, too many to mention. As for Israel, not only have we found the famous copper scroll of Qumran, but two small silver plates from Jerusalem that date to the 7th to 6th century BC. Finally, we learn of a shimmering gold and copper alloy called Tumbaga by the Spanish that has existed from pre-Columbian times, the same composition described by Joseph's brother William bringing in the plates at a nice, heftable weight of 40 to 60 pounds. This is interesting. This this is Book of Mormon Central saying this. This isn't one of your five theses. This is no. one of their five. That's correct. And this is interesting because we went to the church history library uh, just recently, and this is what they told us, that there were yeah. museums full of gold pl uh, plates all over the East Coast 
and that uh, that they were a metal alloy that made it light enough that you could carry it. That's why they could carry the gold plates. Uh, so this is the first I've heard of, that was the first I'd heard of that, and now here it is repeated. So, okay, so what do you have to say about that? So that's the end of the clip so, yeah, from your show with Dr. Jen Lundwall, which may or may not have served as the catalyst for you to get uninvited a second time. Seems like it did. <laughs> yeah. Since they specifically said it was uh, our recent podcast, and that 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 was the only one uh, that we, we released episode four on Friday, so this was before episode four. Uh, so uh, to, to go on, Dr. Lundwall then uh, takes each of the, you know, they said there were hundreds of plates, examples of thousands of plates, and Dr. Lundwall's theory was that uh, that these societies in, in America were all uh, secondary oral societies. They had writing, but they did not have literature. They didn't write in narratives. That if there was writing, that it would be uh, it would be an incantation. It would be a blessing. It would be a ritual, a ritual, a song, a hymn. That's what you would find on these plates. You would not find narratives on these plates or history. So, Yes. Yeah, so he took each of the examples they gave. And, and so he went in, he took each of the examples that Book of Mormon Central gave of plates. And in every case, they were small. They, there was one case where there were three of them bound by a ring, but there was just like three little plates, like three by five cards. I think that was uh, the one went, from Bulgaria. Well, from Bulgaria. Yeah. So he went through each of the different ones and he pointed out that none of these were narratives. None of these met the requirements of the golden plates that are necessary. And not just with the gold plates, but we know that there were multiple plates. Um, the Jaredites had plates, which meant, you know, the Babylonians would have had them. The, the uh, uh, Jews would have had them because they brought the brass plates. So they were writing on plates. And, and then you've got the golden plate. So you've got at least three cultures that are writing narratives on whole sections of plates. And so lo and behold, he went through each of those. And what we found was on each of those plates that they referenced, it was a ritual. It was a small prayer. It was something dedicating. It was something that you would expect from a secondary oral society, not a complete literate society uh, that, like the Book of Mormon. And so he said, you cannot make this jump that just because there's a ritualistic plate, that that means that people were writing chiasmus and Hebraisms and different things in a literate book. Complete scholarship uh, by every yeah. stretch of the imagination. And if we yeah. recall that that is one of the focuses of Book of Mormon Central is Book of Mormon scholarship. Yeah. So here some scholar used their information to point out some issues in the Book of Mormon. And that's what got us uninvited from this event is evidently uh, nobody is allowed to question the information the Book of Mormon Central puts out. Even, you know, we know you're, you're, you're not allowed to question an apostle. You're not allowed to question the doctrine. Now you're not even allowed to question the science uh, that is put out, or I would say pseudo-scholarship, because that's, that's what this is. He went on to point out that Tumbaga is from Peru and never made its way into Mesoamerica, uh, so to claim a gold alloy for the Book of Mormon is is seriously flawed because that <clears throat> technology never existed in any of the areas that would have been called Book of Mormon land. And and certainly no plates were ever with writing on them were ever produced from Tumbaga. So you can't just right. 
pick and choose is what his argument was. <laughs> uh, we have to put it in context. It has to meet certain requirements. We can't just find a metal plate and say, oh, we found it. It's here. Oh. It's it. Well, and again, he was not saying you're an idiot for believing that he wasn't making any commentary. It was pure scholarship, things that he had arrived at, things that he had studied. And he would love to engage someone on that. He says that all the time. I would love for somebody to come and talk to me. Let's talk this out. Let's back and forth. It's called peer review. This is scholarship. We're not giving opinion. You know, we're, we're, we're relating our findings and let's talk to other scholars and other scientists and talk about it and let's arrive at some conclusions. But uh, simply presenting that information was too much. And we believe um, that him using some of the evidences uh, right from the channel are, you know, what made them think that we were going to scorn them or whatever the words were, which I can absolutely say we were not. So we're very disappointed. That's all I can say. I'm sure they are. Can I ask you a question though about mm -hmm. these writings on uh, metal plates? Yes. Uh, did the Book of Mormon Central people mention the fact that descriptions of people writing on brass plates and other metal plates were available to Joseph Smith, including in the Apocrypha, in his family Bible, in the book of 1 Maccabees? So I, I can't, I, we can't say on that because those slides were not our slides. Those were Dr. Lundwall's slides. So he'd done Correct. the research uh, on the on those sections. And of course, where do you go if you're looking for what apologists are, are saying about the Book of Mormon is you go to Book of Mormon Central, the largest uh, depository of, you know, you, you're not going to go to Stanford University and find uh, information on why the Book of Mormon's true. Uh, you're just not going to find it there because serious scholars don't engage in that because uh, there's no proof of it. So you have to go to the apologetic sites. Uh, right. And I'm just and I'm just bringing this up on the ancillary issue of the fact that even if there had never been any writing on metal plates discovered as of the time of Joseph Smith, and I think that's probably an iffy proposition, yes. certainly more have been found since Joseph Smith in the intervening 200 years. But even if there had been none, Joseph Smith was aware of the fact that ancient people wrote on metal plates because it's written about in his Bible. At a minimum. Well, okay, that's all I was saying. You've just been uninvited, yeah. RFM. From now you're uninvited because you're bringing up some scholarship. Yeah, that's exactly it. So. it, it well, is, it, is it scholarship to say? Forgive me, but I would I would be loath to pay two hundred and fifty dollars to go and have to suffer through one of Elder Rasband's talks. In fact, they'd have to pay me two hundred and fifty dollars, and even then, I'd have to think about it. Well, we now have the $250 back to pay you, RFMs. <laughs> That's right. We can send you. Maybe you should try. Yeah, I guess I should say that because like when I talk about this amazing benefactor and one of the most wonderful things we we just love about podcasting and getting to know everybody is she she said, you know what, just just keep that and use it to support Mormonish, use it for what you need, use it for your, you know, Zoom subscribe. I mean, she was so kind. I just couldn't mm. believe it. So a really positive thing that came out of this is just knowing that there are just wonderful people out there that, you know, kind of want to further the work. So shout out to, I know, Anonymous, but you know who you are. Thank you so much for everything. And that is great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. how do we wind this up? You were, you weren't invited, <laughs> but uh, you, they did accept your money understandably mm -hmm. the the donors money but the money for the tickets the first time then they sent it back um and uninvited you and then landon with a silver tongue managed to convince them a second time to allow them to attend for 500 dollars, which they accepted and now they're saying no you can't come here yep. 
because you did Book of Mormon scholarship on your podcast. Uh, Yeah. We we actually and in in uh, our our fourth podcast part four, we actually invite some of the uh, uh, apologists. Uh, some of them responded, and uh, John says I'd love to have them come on the show and discuss it with me. Uh, let's let's talk about it because he he made mm-hmm. the argument that you could fit the text on these plates and that he'd done it. And we we're like, okay, come on, let's, let's talk about right. it. This Show is down. how scholarship works. You exactly. We, Peer we review. Peer find review. Out what the truth is. Uh, yes. That the truth is one thing and your scholarship has to support that truth. And there's other scholarship out there that doesn't support that truth. And you're being in fun and you're being funded by the organization that has this book as its keystone scripture. Then you're not going to be as willing to have that kind of dialogue. Absolutely. And I, I think for me, the, the thing, you know, I, you know, he says, oh, we don't want to be, you know, uh, scorned in a future episode. Well, we had no intention of doing that. No. And yet all of a sudden, you know, we're like, we've got to say something about this because this is not scholarship. I, I think we all were in Sunday school and we had those when we had questions and we said, Hey, I've got a question. And then they said, this isn't the place to talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that somewhere else. Yeah. And then of and what course, you find not, out later is there is no place. To there talk is about no that. place else. Exactly. And so my point is if a room full of high donor apologists, $250 a plate apologist get together fundraiser with an apostle of the Lord, if that's not the place to have a discussion about these items, where is that place? And that's why when he says, oh, I think there's another way to do this. I, I can't think of a better place to have a discussion about this than a room full of Mormon apologetics uh, at, at a dinner and be able to sit down and, and, and have a discussion. But even that is no. not a place to have that discussion. No, there is no better place to have this. There is no other place to have this. That is pure hokum, what he's talking about. He's not suggesting or actually intending on having any further discussion with you. This is a way to pawn you off and get you out of this room with an apostle in it. Now, you must understand that all these scholars, these Mormon scholars, and apparently the apostles too, they're all delicate geniuses, Mm -hmm. okay? And they can't have anybody saying anything, or actually, you wouldn't even been saying anything. I mean, there's so much fear and distrust that comes here, and it's unfortunate, and perhaps a desire to control what happens and what doesn't happen within a certain you know realm you can understand that you wouldn't want people uh picketing or jumping up and shouting uh vulgar things or disruptive things at a an event like this but the fact that they think that you would and then they allow you to buy tickets again but now it's because you had john lundwall that is the proposed reason part of me thinks they were looking for a reason to boot Mm -hmm. you again yeah. But the other part is, why pick this one, this particular podcast, this particular scholar? Why is it that he, just having him on your show, he's not coming to the, the dinner. No. Why is it that just having him on your show makes it so that you can't come to the dinner? That's what's interesting to me. There's a little bit of guilt yeah. by association going on, I think. 
Yep. No, I think so too. And like we said, we have over 70 podcasts about all different topics. And some of them are more snarky, if I can use that word. You know, some of them definitely I can see them going, oh, the things you said there, that's probably not appropriate. Um, but this was scholarship. And and we would not have even brought up John Lenbo. It's not like we're going to sit down at a table with some people and say, hey, let me show you this clip. That is not what we were going to do at all. We really were there just to talk <laughs> and to interact and to learn. And honestly, to try to maybe meet some people, maybe they would bring it up to us if they recognized us and, and then get a dialogue going. Like Landon said, we have put out calls to various people that have commented on YouTube that are more apologists and said, please talk to us. You know, So we, we didn't have any evil intentions at all. But I do understand that fear. I think there's a misunderstanding um, between Mormons, post-Mormons. I, I get that. And that's why when I sat there at that Bushman event last night, and in my head, I was going, yeah, I went to this and this, and I interacted with this person. These are all faithful. You know, I, I go to church. I, I support people giving their talks. You know, all of this. I move in the Mormon world. That's why I say post-Mormon, just on the other side of it. And I move respectfully in the Mormon world. And so I guess I can understand, not knowing me, why they, they might question but in my mind i guess i'm a little my heart is hurt too i'm like oh i would have i would have been fine and now i have a dress and a sweater and nowhere to go so <laughs> but I yeah know. the key is john lundwell it, it really makes me say he has struck a chord and we've seen that i mean the views for his episodes on our podcast are through the roof like three four mm -hmm. times more than what we typically get we're a smaller podcast and he he is on to something he's saying some things um that are just we haven't heard them before yeah. So that's interesting to me. I think I think that's the bigger picture. What is Dr. Lundwell saying that they that's rocking their world like that? Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's worth listening to. We just released part four on Friday. Mm -hmm. Again, a completely new way to look at the characters uh, on the plates that the supposed uh, reformed Egyptian characters mm -hmm. on the plate uh, mm -hmm. just blew our mind uh, as he went over that. And you know, these uh, his his. Uh, the things he is saying make sense when you understand yeah. the magical worldview of Joseph Smith, when you understand the, the, you know, the past gold digging, when you understand these things, it all comes together and he just brings it together. And it's really interesting on that, on that fourth one. And again, it's going to be another challenge for Book of Mormon Central to look at. And evidently, you know, they, they asked the critics to bring it on. Uh, that it's our responsibility to prove it, and <laughs> we brought it on. So, no, but we evidently and we got banned with them when we present evidence. So, okay, well, I want to thank you both for coming on the yeah. show, Landon Brophy, Rebecca Biblioteca, if that is your real name. <laughs> and um, look, we're I'm winding down. I want to give you both chance, starting with Rebecca, then Landon. I know you both said a lot of things here in closing, but if there's anything else you want to say, this is the time to say it, Rebecca. Whew, on the spot. Um, no, just what I said before that, you know, post-Mormons, I believe, and people argue with me, are still Mormons, <laughs> culturally a Mormon, raised in the church for decade after decade, and we're still all in the same circles. And we care about truth. We care about scholarship. Everyone's doing their part in their own way. And we want to engage and we want to talk without animosity, you know, with dignity. And as I said, I, you know, I interact with a lot of faithful Mormons on different podcasts and we have a great time together. We talk about things. There is common ground. There are ways to interact and to be friends. And, and that would be my hope. Um, and again, Book of Mormon Central, 
you know, I understand why you did what you did. I'm sad I'm going to miss out on that blackened salmon. That sounded amazing. <laughs> and we totally would have said you done. understand why they did what they did. Yeah, I do why understand did, what so they why did, did why they, they do did. what they did. I think uh, fear and misunderstanding of the enemy, perhaps. I mean, I'm the lady that can I behave, right? I'm just the lady. You know, they don't know me. They don't know what I do. And they lump me into a group of, I think, this just a huge misunderstanding of really what post-Mormon's goals are and what they're like and what they think. And so I do understand that. And that's why I hold no real animosity. I'm just disappointed I don't get the salmon. <laughs> but no, I hope moving forward, maybe, and maybe a podcast like this will make other apologists say, you know what? Okay, I'm not scared to engage. Let's engage. Let's talk. And I'm not kidding. Landon said, let's have a section on Mormonish that's called peer review. Let's, and I put the call out to a few apologists. Come talk to us. I would love to hear another point of view too, because we, we shouldn't be so closed off even on the post-Mormon side. We should be open to scholarship too. We can't shut things down either. If we believe what we're saying, we need to listen and then make our own decisions. So absolutely. Thank you for that. Landon, Landon, what yeah. do you have to say? In uh, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, I think Book of Mormon Central uh, serves a purpose. Their purpose mm -hmm. is to provide uh, answers to, uh, you know, faithful answers to questioning members. I have no Accessible, problem. Accessible, comprehensible, and defensible. Defensible, absolutely. That's their purpose. <laughs> and, I, and I, I have remembered no... it. I think that was exactly <laughs> it, wasn't it? <laughs> You'll probably That's make a song out of it pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no problem with that. But someone needs to check that scholarship and make sure that what you're putting out is accurate, that it is comprehensible defensible and whatever the third one <laughs> accessible you don't have as good a memory as our family <laughs> someone needs to check those they need to be fact checked and just like our stuff needs to be fact checked fact checking we, is not the friend of mormon apologists it, it it is not but it is the friend of truth and uh that's Ooh. why we put lundwall out there and we said we welcome you guys to 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 criticize the information that dr lundwall put out we welcome you to come and address it on our show because that's how we get to truth. Um, and so to me, bravo, Book of Mormon Central. I don't see why you need $10 million to do put out truth. That seems like it would be a lot cheaper than that to put out. Uh, you know, we're able to criticize on a $0 budget, but, uh, uh, but now we have $500 to do it with that we were trying to give to Book of Mormon Central. <laughs> So uh, you should see our our uh, our our arguments go way up now that we've got five hundred dollars to, to That's use. That's right. We have street cred. Street <laughs> cred. That's right. <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> but what wonderful for them. Uh, the, the people were nice. The, this podcast nice. we did not go on here out of spite, but we did mm -hmm. go on here to say, "Come on, guys. Uh, th this grow is up. Is that really grow what you want to say?" Yep, Not to put words, words in your mouth, Absolutely. but grow the freak up, guys. Come on. <laughs> Quit acting like a bunch of scared babies. Don't don't claim to be scholars if you're afraid uh, of of criticism of, of the uh, stuff you're producing, because that's not scholarship. Yeah. How about uh, don't claim to be scholars if you're afraid of scholarship? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Very well it's said. like a lifeguard who's scared of the water. That's, it. that's <laughs> it right. That could be TikTokable. <laughs> I'm thinking you need to do it. <laughs> so thank you so much again, Landon, Rebecca. I'm going to take you off the screen now. I'll close and I'll, I'll talk to you afterward though here for a second. Okay, here thank we go. You. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks everybody for watching. 
Thank you for all the people who make monthly donations and any other kind of donations to Radio Free Mormon. If you are interested in making a, do a donation, and I hope you are, please go to RadioFreeMormon.org, click the donate button, make whatever donation you feel is appropriate. $5 a month would be great. I ask for no more. If you want to do more, that's fine. But $5 a month, your donations do keep Radio Free Mormon broadcasting behind enemy lines. Well, that's about all for tonight. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon signing off the air.